Good. So um, next Sunday also is our, is our Vision Sunday. We haven't kind of done this before, but we really feel we need to do this uh, next Sunday. Um, and we're going to put some pizzas on. Okay, so... So, um, yes, yeah, so there'll be a heap of pizzas. So uh, are most people going to be here next Sunday? Or we just need to know whether we order 10 pizzas or 20 pizzas or 25 pizzas? 70 pizzas. Wow. Any advance on 70 pizzas? That's a lot of pizza. Okay. Um, yeah, so in, uh, as I was praying about that this week, I really felt there was a couple of things that the, the Lord wanted me to, I guess, remind us about, because we, we hear about restoration, um, and when I say restoration, I'm not talking about the, our name as a, as a family, but the word restoration, what does it really mean? When we talk about restoration, what do we want to see restored? So I really felt the Lord wanted to remind us of some things as we start this, year, this new year. Amen? So Lord, we want to thank you for your presence. We want to thank you, for you uh, Lord, that you are at work in us. We thank you that your word is at work. Lord, it does not return void, but it is at working. It is living and active. And we thank you for your spirit that is living and active at work. We thank you, God, that the Lord, that the the Word is working and the Spirit is working and we say today, Lord, have your way in us in that way. Oh, have your way in us that we would, Lord, we would say, have your way. Have your way in us that we would let go of those things we need to let go of, that you would renew us where we need to be renewed, that we would be refreshed where we need to be refreshed. God, that we'd let go of those things that we need to let go of, that we would, as Tom has already said, step into the more that you have for all of us. Lord, have your way. Let your Word go forth. And just speak into each one of our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's, for me, it is one of those words. You know, when I think about Jesus, when I ponder Jesus' words of transformation, words of restoration, reconciliation, salvation, these types of words just start entering into my spirit because He is the God of restoration. Yep. He is the God of transformation. He is the God of reconciliation. He is the one who makes all things new. Amen. And it, and it is time for the church, when I say the church, I mean the church as a whole, to rise. The church for too long in Australia has been under a spirit of apathy and we just meander along. And it's time for us to not hide anymore, but to come up and to be the men and women of God that we're called to be. Amen. Because the battle is raging. And our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not, it's not like under the old covenant where nation would battle nation. We are battling principalities and powers of darkness. But the battle is raging and the church is not engaged spiritually. Man, you talk to a lot of Christians and please don't miss, uh, mishear me, misunderstand me. They don't even believe there's a hell. They don't even believe there's a devil. They don't even believe in spiritual warfare. There's so many Christians out there that don't even believe in this stuff. It's no wonder the church is not engaged spiritually. Prayer, as I've always said, you say, hey, let's have a barbecue and so many people turn up. Let's have a worship service, so many people turn up. Hey, let's get together and pray and it's the least number of all. And in fact, that should be the starting point because everything happens on the, on the foundation of, the, of that prayer. 
Revivals, changes, things in history come from when people pray. We already heard the Israelites, they were groaning, they were crying out to God and God moved. The believers, when persecution was breaking out and they were told not to speak anymore in the name of Jesus, what was the first thing they did? They held a prayer meeting. And they gathered together in prayer. Prayer has to be central. It has to be foundational. And much of the church is, is, is asleep and not engaged spiritually. Do we even, not that I read the news a, a lot because there's a lot of rubbish and I really don't want to read some of it. But do we hear this week that, you know, Scott Morrison has given Margaret Court an um, Order of Australia medal or whatever it is. Um, you know, that she's been audited in that way. And then straight away, the Victorian Premier came out and he said she is a bigot and she should not receive any type of award and blah, 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 blah. That's one of our Premiers. He said she, she is a divisive woman. I'm thinking, well, what are you doing, mate? How divisive are you? Like, really? I'm just trying to put it out there because you've got to understand that the battle is raging and we need to be spiritually engaged. And we are the victors. We are the one that over, but we actually actually have to rise up. We can't be asleep in our chairs any longer. Are you with me? So we need to see restoration. It's not just a word that we can say, oh yeah, restoration, that's, that, that's a good word. I like that word. Maybe you don't like that word. I don't know. You know, hands up who likes to see things restored. You know, maybe, maybe. Maybe you're a car person, you like to see old cars restored. Maybe you're a furniture person, you like to see old furniture. Maybe a house or a garden, you know, but the best thing is, but the best thing is, is people. Because Jesus is in the restoration business of people. And, you know, that's why I do wear my polo around town that says Restoration Centre, for no other reason than that actually people ask a question. Oh, so what's Restoration Centre? What do you do, cars? Do you do, do houses? No, 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 I said, we do people. It's true. And actually, people ask you the question, and they go, what? I said, well, I'm a Christian, and Jesus restores people. Anyway. And when, I, when I'm talking about restoration, obviously, I'm not just talking about restoration as in Restoration Center here. I'm talking about the restoration of the church as a whole, because that is the heart of God. Amen. And what, you know, but it's time to see restoration. It's time to increasingly. You know, we can sit here today and we can be thankful for what God has done in our life. Is there anybody here today that is thankful for what God has done in their life over the past three or four years? Okay, we can be thankful for that. So most of us, okay, you know, we should be able to look back and we go, man, I'm so thankful for what God has done in my life, yeah? But we can rest on that and we can put our armchairs up and we can go, woo, you know, or we can go, you know what, we need to go into the more. We need to step into the more. Amen? So what are we desiring to see restored? So I've got a few things today. I could be here all day, but I've just got a few things. Because, you know, it's actually his vision. It's not, it's not ours. The vision of restoration is actually his vision. To see things restored in his bride, to see things restored in the church, it's his vision. It's not ours. Because we only have to look at Scripture and we have to open Scripture and we read Scripture and we see the heart of God. So we need to see things restored back to the way they should be. Amen? And even better, because the glory of the latter is greater than the glory of the former. How much more? 
Man, I, it, it always bamboozles me that Moses went up the mountain and he came down the mountain and his face was so bright and shiny that he had to cover up because people didn't, couldn't even look at him. And this is the, and, and he says, you know, if this is this, then how much more the glory of the new covenant? How much more? Man, you know, when you go out there in, in uh, nature and you look up at the sun, guess what happens to your face? You get so sunburned. And people go, man, you've been out in the sun today, haven't you? You can't hide it because your face gets pink or red or whatever kind of colour it goes. You know what? How about about if we look so intently to Jesus that we walk out in society and people go, man, you've been in the sun. Just a thought. So let's look at some areas this morning. Are we doing okay? Good. The first area, th- these are not in, in particular in, in any order, but we're just sharing them. But maybe this would be the first one <laughs> for Jesus to be the focus. That sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? For Jesus to be restored to his church. But you know what? You can actually go into some places and you never hear the name Jesus. And that is sad. That is really sad. So let Jesus be the focus. Not some method, not some philosophy, not some band, worship band or whatever, but let Jesus be the focus. Amen? Are you with me? Because Jesus said, and we know the verse in John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth and the life. There is no other way. In Acts, it says that there is no other other name under heaven by which man can be saved. There actually is no other name. There there, There is actually no other way. It is Jesus. So if we don't proclaim Jesus, how will they know? We need to sing Jesus. We need to worship Jesus. We need to speak of Jesus. Because you know what? If you, even if you say God, you know what? In people's imaginations out there, there's lots of gods. Yep. Jesus is the one that brings, dare I say it, the division. Oh, no, I don't believe in Jesus. Jesus. You know? Jesus said, I will build my church in Matthew 16. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. As you've heard time and time again, they are a defensive mechanism, not an attacking one. They should not prevail. We are pushing forward. We are taking grounds. Jesus. So let's be a people that sees Jesus restored to his church. And as we, and as we connect with other Christians, let's keep speaking of Jesus. Let's keep pointing people to Jesus. Amen? Are you with me? These are really simple things, hey. But so often we just overlook the simple stuff. That we would see the restoration of the gospel of the kingdom as the primary message. What does that mean, Tim? Well, Jesus did it. So if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. We read as after Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and the devil left him, we read in uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus began to preach, repent. Because the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
We go on to read in verse 23, Jesus began to go all over Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease or every kind of disease and sickness among the people. Preaching the good news of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Because when we are born again, you know what? We don't belong to this world. We're just like strangers. We're just like aliens passing through. We are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. When the world and its systems and structures are being shaken, we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. There is good news in the kingdom, amen? Such good news. And, oh, I've lost my spot. And when Jesus was talking about the, the gates of hell shall not prevail in Matthew 16, He goes on to say, he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And we know, as you've heard me say, or for those people that have been amongst us for a while, that there was a Jewish teaching that Jesus is referring to. And and it is whatever is allowed in heaven is allowed on earth and whatever is not allowed in heaven is not allowed on earth. And he has given us the authority to minister in that way. To see his kingdom come and his will be done. Amen? And that's all of us. That's all of us. We want to see that as the primary message. You know, it's not 21 steps to this. It's not this, it's not that. It's Jesus and it's the kingdom. And if we had time today, we'd unpack the Beatitudes, we'd unpack the teaching of the kingdom of God, we'd unpack it all, you know. But Jesus is the King of kings. And we are kings and priests to love and serve our God. We want to see the restoration of the presence and the glory of God in the church. I don't know about you, but I read in the Old Testament where, they were, where the priests were serving, they were ministering, they were doing their thing and the glory cloud would come down amongst them and it says that no longer could any of them perform any kind of service because the glory, the presence was so thick. Do you ever long for that day when the presence and the glory of God is so thick where that we just all fall on our faces and no one has to say anything? Have you ever tasted that? One of the saddest verses in Scripture. There's a few. But for me, it's in 1 Samuel 4. When Eli's Eli's dead and his sons are dead and the Ark of the Covenant is captured and taken off into the hands of the Philistines, And Eli's daughter-in-law, the the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant and about to give birth. And when she heard the news about the capture of God's ark and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband, she collapsed and gave birth because her labor pains came on her. And as she too was dying, the woman taking care of her said, Do not be afraid, you've given birth to a son. But she did not respond or pay any attention. So she named the boy Ichabod. Because the glory had departed from Israel. That has to be one of the saddest verses in Scripture. Because here was Moses in the book of Exodus, 
And he was saying, God, don't send us up from here unless your presence goes with us. What else distinguishes us from all the other people on the face of the earth? What else distinguishes us? And because it's the presence of God. And the Lord said, my presence will go with you. What else distinguishes us from all the other people on the face of the earth? What else? It's the presence of God. It's not in a box. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's his anointing. It's his grace. What else distinguishes us? There are so many agencies out there doing good works today. Feeding people, helping people, doing all kinds of things, raising money for all kinds of causes. That still doesn't, that's, that's still only earthly vision. If we don't have Jesus, if we don't carry the presence of God, then we might as well go and join the Lions Club. I've met so many Christians, unfortunately, that say, oh, why are you trying to do that? You should just join with these other organisations. And I go, no, we can't. And they go, what do you mean? I said, because we are Jesus people. And we need to lead people to Jesus. Are you hearing my heart in this? Are you hearing the heart of God? We have to stand for Jesus. And that means that we have to get a little bit uncomfortable at times. We have to stand to see the presence and glory of God manifested. One of the things that we actually have to learn is to be still and know that He is God. Is that okay? Because the world that we live in is not okay with silence. Do we realize that? When there's silence, someone wants to take it. And sometimes we can, please don't, mis, please don't mishear me. I'm not saying we shouldn't share and stuff, but sometimes in the silence, that's all we actually need. We do not always need to fill that space with a thought or a sharing or a word. Sometimes we, it's, the, it's the silence. And we have to learn because the world wants this noise, 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 noise. You know? Do, 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 do. And when there's silence, we struggle with the silence. But we actually have to learn to be able to be still and know that He is God. And to allow His Spirit to minister to us. Amen? We have to receive the restoration of the gifts of the Spirit. More and more and more. Again, I'm talking about the whole, the church as a whole. Can I be so bold today? Come and talk to me later. There's too much Calvinism in the church of Jesus Christ. Calvinism says the gifts are finished. They're done away with. In 1 Corinthians, we actually read the fact that each one, each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each one. You can, you can actually declare over yourself that I have been given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each one. This is part of the battle to get the dormant church to arise and actually start to minister to one another and to a world in need. Because we've had this consumerism church for so long that people have grown used to it. But, in, but it, we read in Scripture that each one has a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is there a message of wisdom through the Spirit, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, another faith by the same Spirit, another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to people as He wills. We need to see the restoration of the Spirit. There's so many Pentecostal churches that are not Pentecostal anymore. We have to get back the fire. 
We have to get back the, the gifts of the Spirit. We have to get back the tongues. We have to get back these things and not be ashamed because it's in Scripture. I don't want to be a contemporary church. I want to be a Jesus church. I want to be a Holy Spirit church. Not contemporary. You see it on their billboards, contemporary service. I don't want contemporary. I just want Jesus. People need to encounter Jesus. And you guess what? They're going to encounter him through you. You know? I remember reading a, a book about this guy who, who, who actually tried to disprove tongues. That's what he actually set out to do. He tried to disprove tongues. And he ended up writing a book, They Shall Speak in Other Tongues. But he tried to disprove it. They're gone, doesn't happen anymore. It's not God, it's just babble, all this kind of stuff. And then he started to research, he started to visit stuff, he started to visit doctors. They did brain tests on people that pray in their natural language, like, like, like I'm talking now, and only part of, my, uh, part of our brain actually works. But when someone actually is praying in the spirit, the whole brain goes, whoop, there's electrodes, there's stuff going all over the place, and he was going, how can this be? How can this be? And then he thought... You know, I'm going to go to a prayer meeting and I'm, and I'm going to see how this works. And he walks into this prayer meeting and he goes, oh, that's just a load of babble. That is just, just totally babble. And there was another guy who was visiting that prayer meeting at the same time. And this guy just falls on his face and he starts weeping. And this guy who's writing or wants to write the book to disprove tongues says, what on earth is going on here? I'm kind of making a long story short. Well, it turns out that this person who was giving a word in tongues was speaking some ancient, ancient Hebrew language that no one ever knows. And this guy who was a scholar, he was like one of the only few on the planet that actually knew what he was saying. So he interpreted word for word. He said, no, 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 you are actually speaking an ancient Hebrew, you know, la Hebraic language. And this is what you were saying. And this guy who's trying to disprove tongues is going, oh my goodness. And he's just overcome. It's amazing. My prayer is that we would just be pressing into Jesus and that his presence would be manifesting amongst us, that if someone walks in that door who's never walked in that door before, they would fall down and say, Jesus is really amongst you. We want to see the restoration of church as family. And that doesn't just mean us. That means one church, many households. I want to see the restoration of the church in this city, in this region, to understand that we truly are brothers and sisters in Christ and we have one Father. I want to see true fellowship. We want to see the love of God being manifested in such a way that people would know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ because His love is truly amongst us. Amen? I want to see people standing on the Word of God with strong foundations, not some methodology, not some latest whim thing, but, you know, the strong foundations that are needed in people's lives. I want to see people enter into the new covenant, that is, with God and with one another, and that we would be a people of prayer. We've only got to turn back to what happened when the early church was birthed to see that these four things were, were important because it says that they devoted themselves to them. Amen? They didn't just go, oh, look, you know, if it, uh, oh, it's a bit late. I probably won't do that now. 
Or, you know, like, if I feel like it, I'll get there. No, 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 they devoted themselves. You see, the difference between the gospel that we read in, in here and the gospel that we see much in the church today is that Jesus gets added to our life when actually Jesus became their life. That's the difference. A gospel has been preached that we add Jesus to our life to try and make it better when actually we die to self and he becomes our life. Is there an amen to that? So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The foundations were being put in their life. We read that Paul would spend a year and he would just be putting foundations into them day after day after day, you know, upon Jesus. So, so then we... Oh, I think that just turned with the fan. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. They, they devoted themselves to one another. They broke bread in their homes. They were with each other. They sold possessions and goods and they gave to people who had need. That is so opposite of the world today. Isn't it? They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. New covenant. We break bread in that way, but that is, they broke bread in every way. I haven't got time to go there today. Maybe we need to speak about that. And they devoted themselves to prayer. that we would be a people of prayer. When something happens, what is your first response? This is always the litmus test. If something happens, what is your first response? Try to fix it? Do you react to it? Do you, do you, do you try and deal with it? Or do you take it to the Lord in prayer? We want to see the restoration of body ministry. That just doesn't happen here. That happens seven days a week, that the body is ministering in all different kinds of ways, but the body is ministering. It was always the vision, the body of Christ was called to move, it was called to function, and everyone has to play a part. You know, your body just doesn't function properly if it's, something's not working right. Every part is needed. That's why Paul said, you know, treat those with special honour, those that seem less honourable. And you've heard me say this before, but I'll say it again. What does that mean? It means that there's someone sitting there that feels like they've got nothing to offer. And so you treat them with special honour because until they understand that they actually do have something to give. We want to see the restoration of making disciples, don't we? Isn't that what it's about? Not converts, but disciples, people that love and follow Jesus Christ. Amen? That are marked by love, that are marked by humility. Man, humility is such a key word at the moment in the spirit. I don't know whether you feel that, but when I start praying, like humility is such a, such a strong word in the spirit at the moment. There's just an accent on on the word humility, and remember, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's not about putting yourself down, all that kind of stuff, but, it, but it's about thinking of yourself less. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. That we would be marked by his love, we, that we'd be marked by his grace, we'd be marked by humility, we'd be disciples. We want to see a restoration of the fivefold working together. Yeah? There are plenty of fivefold ministries all over the world 
but there isn't as many places where they really function and work together. The prophet is off doing their prophet thing, the evangelist is off doing their thing, the teacher's off doing their thing, and the pastor's kind of going, oh, help me, I need help. <laughs> I believe we have an opportunity before God to actually see something happen, to see the different ministries working together for the gospel of Jesus Christ in this city and this region. Amen? I'm skipping over things because we... Not skipping, I'm just going short and sharp, I suppose. I guess what I'm trying to say is, in all this stuff, the restoration of Jesus to be the focus, the restoration of the message of the gospel of the kingdom, the restoration of the presence and glory of God, the restoration of the gifts of the Spirit, the restoration of the church uh, as to what it should be, the, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. You know, the Spirit says, come, Lord Jesus, and the bride says, come, Lord Jesus. The restoration of body ministries, the restoration of the fivefold ministries working together. Basically, I can sum it up in this. It is the restoration of normal Christianity. Because what we read in Scripture is normal. It is. Do we understand that? We actually, you know, people use the words, um, you know, that it's radical and, and it's supernatural. Well, yeah, it is, but it's actually normal. It was normal. It was normal for people to encounter Jesus. It was normal for healings to occur. It was normal for people to be saved. It actually says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It was normal for people to share their possessions and goods. It was normal for people to invite people into their home and break bread together. It was all, all this stuff was normal. So what does that say to the church today in Australia? What does that say? We are living below the normal. And yet Jesus said, I have come that you would have life abundantly that is above the common. So that is not under, that is above. And we often, you know, just live normally. And, and God, in the midst of this shaking that is happening in the nations, is wanting us to arise and be his people. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to just read the book of Acts. I want to live it out. Is there anyone else here today that feels like that? Is there more than that? <laughs> you know, we are the head and not the tail. We are overcomers. We are more than conquerors. They're not just words. That's truth. Christ in us is the hope of glory. He said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I've sent my spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Wow. That changes our thinking a little bit. When the government says you can't do that, what are we going to do? Is it better for us to obey them or obey God? This is, this is Isaiah 60 time, isn't it? Thanks, Liz. This is Isaiah 60 time. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. 
Thick darkness is over the people, but the glory of the Lord rises upon you. This is Isaiah 60 time. It was, and it is, and it will be, but it is. It is Isaiah 58 time that you will be the restorer of streets with dwellings. It is Isaiah 61 time. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. You restore the broken places. This is time. We can do what we've always done, or we can press on into the more. Who wants to press into the more? Who wants to see this restoration? There'll be some areas that you go, man, that really hits my heart. Yeah, I want to see that. And someone else next to you will be going, oh, yeah, I want to see that. But I think together we want to see restoration. The trick is the journey. You know, I am, I've always been a bullet at a gate type of person. No, okay, right, okay. You haven't learned that yet? I said before, it's my dad's competitive nature that got passed into me with my sporting background. It just made me a bullet at a gate. And even today, I'll put my hand up because I do get frustrated sometimes. <laughs> I'm driving out to Bagara in the 80 zone and people are doing like 65. And I'm going, why are you doing, just get off the road, will you, if you're not going to drive the speed limit. So I'm being really real now. That's actually what I say. Get off the road, will you? And then I'm going, oh, that's right. That's right. Oh. What I'm trying to say <laughs> is that, you know what, I would love, I would love to be able to, you know, pray a prayer or click with fingers or whatever and we'd just see restoration and all this stuff. Bang, 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 bang. I reckon there's a few of you here today that would probably be the same like that. And then there are other, but, but then we've got actually got to realise, you know what, the Lord actually wants to take his people on the journey. You know, there are room, there is room in the kingdom of God for pioneers and settlers. Both are needed. And we do not want to birth an Ishmael in any way by taking a shortcut. Thanks, Kay Lane. I don't, I didn't get... I got that from Kay. But it's good. That is really good. Man, the Christianity that I read in Scripture is so different to what we see today. I, in saying that, I'm really encouraged by some of the things that we are seeing. And probably I'm actually more encouraged by hearing people's hearts because of the longing for it, the desiring for it. You know, God doesn't look at the external things. He looks at the heart. That's what he's looking at. He sees the desires. He sees the love. He sees the cry. He sees those things. And that's why we've always got to be careful not to judge in that way because we just look at each other from an external perspective. But God is looking at the heart. You know what? We all stuff up. We all mess up. We all get something wrong. But what is the heart? But it's going to take a bit of time. It's going to take a lot of prayer. Because Jesus will do it. Because what Jesus starts, he finishes. And I believe he started something, not just in this nation, but in the nations. 
and the bride is beginning to make herself ready. The bride is not ready right now. But the bride is beginning to make herself ready. Where we can truly say, come Lord Jesus, come. And the Spirit says, come Lord Jesus, come. God is at work, amen. So we stand at the threshold of a new chapter, a new start, a reset, a relaunch in God, and we want to see these things. We want to see Jesus. We want to see the gospel of the kingdom preached. We want to see the presence and glory of God manifest. We want to see the gifts of the Spirit manifesting in our midst, whether it's here, whether it's in our homes, whether it's in in a prayer gathering down the street, whether it's people, wherever. We want to see the church restored to be what it's called to be. We want to see people ministering, ministering. Know that you are all ministers of reconciliation, that you're all ministers of the gospel. We want to see these things. We want to see the fivefold working together. We want to see that. We want to see that. We want to see maturity in that area. You know, we want to see normal Christianity. Or what we read in Acts. We want to see these things because they will glorify Jesus. They will glorify Jesus. It will glorify Jesus. So, I reckon Jesus is saying, come follow me. You know, when he went to the first disciples, he simply said, come follow me. And they left what? They left what? Sorry, I didn't quite hear Everything. They left everything. Just making sure you heard that, that's all. We leave everything. That means patterns and structures that we've been comfortable with. Ways of doing life that we've grown accustomed to. Am I willing to step out into the more? Am I willing to let go of those things that I hold on to for safety and security like my security blanket? Or am I willing to let go and say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. I was speaking to someone the other day. The music team, you want to come down the front? I was speaking to someone the other day and they said, you know, it's so, it's so hard because I don't have the opportunities to say what I want to say. I don't have the opportunities to speak to people about Jesus that I want to speak to them about because my workplace won't allow it. And I said, well, how about you pray from a different perspective? What about you pray from a position of authority and you start to speak, the doors will open, that conversations will start to come, that opportunities will happen, that you can start to speak about Jesus, even though your organisation says you can't. If people start coming to you, and going, I need to know about this Jesus. Someone's going through something in their life and they go, you know what, I know I can go to that person. We've got to understand the battle is raging. Tom's cousin, Martin Isles, if you don't know who he is, he heads up ACL, Australian Christian Lobby. Get on his Facebook page, he, he likes speaking the truth. <laughs> and I reckon he gets a lot of death threats at the same time. There was, a, there was a young boy last year who's going to uni- university, I think it was in New South Wales, and um, he had his career and he had everything before him, but he was going through a uni. And um, 
This girl came up to him and she was in a real state and all he said was, can I pray for you? And she said, yeah, I'd really love that. And this young man just prayed for this girl and he just, whatever he prayed is whatever he prayed. And the young girl said, you know, I'm an atheist, so I don't believe what you believe, but I really thank you for your heart to comfort me and encourage me. That was the end of the story. Until he got hauled before the, the board of the university saying, you are not allowed to do that, you are dismissed. ACL got on his case and actually they had no legal ground to do that. So he actually got restored. We've got to understand the battle is raging. And Jesus said, if they did it to me, they'll do it to you as well. I think we need to gather together because we need to strengthen one another to stand for the fight. You know, Christianity is not for the faint-hearted. It's actually not. Time and time again, I, I, I say to people, because they go, I don't think I can take anymore. It's just too hard. And I said, I believe you can. Why? Why? How do you know I believe I can? Because you're coming to me, talking to me right now. You haven't quit yet. You're still going. That's us, isn't it? Well, let's stand. And let's follow Jesus. Let's follow Jesus into the more. Let's follow Jesus into the restoration of what he wants to restore. Those things that have been lost, those things that have been left, that he wants to restore to the church, that he wants to restore to his bride, that he wants to restore. And so I just speak over you today in the name of Jesus that you have a purpose, that you have a destiny, and his name is Jesus. He is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he didn't leave you as an orphan. And, and if you're feeling today that you're alone, the truth is that you are not alone because you have a brother or sister who is standing right beside you. But the truth is also you are not alone because he sent his spirit, the spirit of his son, to dwell in your hearts through faith. And his spirit is at work in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. And he is roaring like a lion. And he's saying, will you rise? Will you stand? Will you be my hands? Will you be my feet? Will you be my mouthpiece? Will will you let go of those things that have been comfortable in the past? And will you set your eyes to me? And and will you let me lead you into the promised land, into the land of Canaan, the land that is flowing with milk and honey? Fan into flame the gift of God that's in you. How do you fan into flame? Spend time in your secret place. Worship Jesus. Get into the Word. Let the first love rekindle your heart, rekindle your spirit, rekindle it. And let the fan, let the flame burn afresh in you. As God said to us, and it's His Word for us this year, cast off all fear and apathy. Cast off all fear, all fear and all apathy in Jesus' name. Be strong and courageous and see what he will do in 2021. Jesus. So if you need to respond to Jesus today, the front is open. If you're in this place and you don't know Jesus, sound like an evangelist, Josh, I'm getting there, man. If you don't know Jesus, today is the day to know Jesus. There are people down here that will pray for you. If you've lost your first love, if you feel like you've just been treading through the waters, you know what? People are going to pray for you. People are going to lay hands on you in a, in a positive way and encourage you. One of the things that God has been saying to me is that 
Well, there's several things that we need to do better. And one of the things we need to do better is connect. That if you've come down the front for ministry, that we need to make sure that you are connected during the week, that there are people following up on you, that people are standing with you and praying with you until you get the breakthrough that you need. Amen. So today's the start of that. If you come down the front, we'll make note, we'll follow up and make sure that you're doing okay during the week. Jesus. So this is a new song for some of you. But Jesus is knocking, saying, will you let me in? Let's follow Jesus. Let's follow Jesus. So the front is open.